This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Cliff Central 360 Biz where we talk all things business. You are speaking, this is your girl Teho and um, Bulelani will be joining us shortly. Today we are talking about, we are honoring actually Savings Month and we're looking at savings and investment options for entrepreneurs who are our target market. We'll also be looking at um, the access to finance report that was recently um, launched by FinFind. So tune in, be with us, let's talk business. 360 Biz on CliffCentral.com So today we are talking about savings and investments for entrepreneurs and we're also looking at an access to finance report, something that we feel is quite interesting. Um, so FinFind, together with SASME Fund, recently completed independent research to map the landscape of providers and seekers of SMME funding in the country and to identify the access to finance challenges, gaps, opportunities, and potential solutions in order to promote increased funding ex- success in this vital sector. So this research has resulted in the inaugural access to finance report, the results of which um, well have been shared with us. So we, we do have an executive summary. But today we have Darlene Menzies. I hope I pronounced your surname right. Okay. Um, who is the CEO of FinFind. Afternoon, Darlene. Afternoon. Lovely How to be here. You? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. A bit <laughs> tired. We've had a couple of big weeks and, uh, but that's a uh, life of entrepreneurs, isn't it? Yes. And, 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 and you launched this, this report yesterday. That's correct. How yes. did that go? Went very well. Um, we actually uh, were sponsored by the SASME fund, which was that big, um, 1.5 billion rand fund that the corporates have put together. So we got to do it in the lovely discovery building in Santon. So it was a lovely venue and it went off very well. Uh, well uh, promoted by our PR agents, the Lime Envelope, uh, also a small business and lots of people from government and, and uh, across the ecosystem of SME private sector. So yeah, um, big effort and uh, it uh, came off well. Oh, awesome. So tell us, to tell us a bit, um, about this report. Does it mean that, um, when, when entrepreneurs get access to this report, um, soon we'll have funding? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, $64,000 question, isn't it? Look, yeah. um, FinFind, which is um, our particular business, is an online platform that can actually um, help you with the funding side. So what this report was, was taking all the data from one year, the 2017 year, of SMEs that have come to our site looking for finance, and then us analyzing um, that data as well as the funder data to have a look at where the mismatches are. So FinFind is a online platform for small businesses, and we've got all of the lenders across the country. So there's over 350 products. Any funding, grant funding, government funding, private sector funding is there. So if you're looking for funding, you can go to FinFind. It's free. And uh, you just say, I'm a black woman-owned business in media. I'm in Gauteng. I'm looking for 50,000 working capital. You just say whatever your need is. And if there's any lender in South Africa that actually matches that need, we will link you with them. So if you're looking for funding, that's how to do it, finfindeasy.co.za. But this report was not actually about giving the funding. It was about analyzing the details of those that have come looking for funding and also the funders that are there to have a look at, you know, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, where are the gaps, and how can we actually help small business get fin- financed? Mm. So so which 
Sorry. Hi, Bulelani. Hello, hello, everybody. Hi, Bulelani. <laughs> yeah, I flew here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we are happy that you could join us. Um, so, Darlene, tell us a bit about who who can qualify to get this type of funding through you guys. Okay. So... So let's, okay, we let, let's stay on the, on the product itself because the report is separate to that. The, yeah. the actual product, which is FinFind, anybody in South Africa who's looking for finance, if they haven't started a business, they've just started, they're established, anybody up to a medium business that wants finance, instead of them trying to go onto the internet and search or, you know, go to the banks and then find the banks can't help them, we've created a one-stop shop, which has got every single finance product in it. So you come in and you say what you want. And if such a funder exists in the country, you'll be directed to them. So so when you say who can get funding or how much you can get, it's more about if those if those funding opportunities exist, we can link you. So think a bit of, a bit like Tinder. You know, if you're on Tinder and you're looking for, you know, you, you're looking for, 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 to meet up with a guy, if you just write, I'd like to meet up with a guy, you would get any guy, you know, that send you an overweight guy who's 90, who's got no money. That's not who you're looking for. You've got to put in there specifically what you want. Well, the same with finance. We've got all the lenders there that are very well detailed about, you know, which bracket of people they give to, um, what amounts they give to, are they looking for sector specific, are they looking for provincial, whatever the case may be. So when you come in there, um, and you say who you are all we're doing is matching you with the right um, uh, funder so it's just saving entrepreneurs time you know I liquidated three times I went through business rescue I know the the hassle of being a viable entrepreneur but not being able to get funds and so I went to banks you know banks normally only lend you money by the time you um, you don't need it you know the, the guy that needs the money there's a lot of other funders in the, in the market but small business don't know they exist so we've put a one place where they can go to we keep it updated on a daily basis and then they come there and they get matched so let's say you five matches you now know that those are the only five funds in the whole country that match with you and you only have to waste your time going after them as opposed to running around and 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 you know and and wasting time hmm so um uh, i th- uh well, I'm sitting in in front of me. I'm reading the summary, the executive summary of the report, and what stood out for me is there's there's a point that says SMMEs have poor knowledge of their business rec- credit record, with 61% not knowing their business their business's credit score. Yet this remains a standard way that funders access mm. their credit worthiness. Please let's talk about that because I think credit scoring is such a problem in the country as a whole. So how how like let's talk about that actually. Great. Mm. You know it's amazing. I mean, of all the things that, that happened yesterday across this whole finance thing, this seems to be the thing that has come out um, in a big way. So funders traditionally, I mean, most funders use traditional scoring. They go to the, the, they go to the credit bureau and they do a credit check on the owner and on the business. And then based on the result that comes, they kind of marry that into their credit model and they, and they get a risk rating for that, for that particular um, funding application. And, um, obviously if you've got a bad credit score, your opportunity, your, your, your chances of coming through that risk rating well are not good. And that then immediately shuts you out of the opportunity. I mean, essentially you, they don't even probably look at your bankability or the, can you afford the loan? They're just saying you're, you're a high risk. Now, the problem in this country is that most entrepreneurs have taken a lot of, uh, you know, they've, they've taken credit personally, got themselves into a situation. And then when they want to go and get, um, loans for the business, you know, the, 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 the fund is looking at them as the owner. And so when you look at 61% of business owners don't know their, their, their credit record, it means they don't actually understand how important a good or bad credit record is for them raising finance. So it's a big education. I mean, it's something that really, I mean, even in, in this program, I mean, 
need to take some time to educate small business about the importance of mm. what, you know, how does a credit record system work? And, um, you know, how does a credit record system work? What effect does it have on you? How do you rectify a situation if you've got a, a bad credit score? Because, um, ultimately it, uh, it shuts the, it shuts you out of, of a lot of opportunity. And, um, one of the other things that they spoke about is that there's not a lot of good business credit record data in the country. Mm. So we know a lot about individuals, mm. but there's not a lot of good SME data. And it's something that, um, ourselves as FinFind and some of the bigger organizations are going to take on, uh, and the way we do that is say, well, what are the other sources of data we can find for small business? How do they manage their, their phone account, their mobile account? You know, what about how they manage their, you know, are they paying their municipal bills, et cetera? So it's a, it's a big issue and I think it's good it's being highlighted. Mm. And then, I mean, according to you, um, through the app, what is the head rate of entrepreneurs that actually come on, apply and get the funding? Okay. So, you know, it's a funny question we always get asked. I always say, you know, how many people ask Tinder? How many people get married? You know, no one interviews Tinder and says out of all the people that you met to who went on dates and who got married because that's not really Tinder's job. Mm. It's a bit like us. Our our job is to match you. Our okay. job is to say of the 378 or whatever products there are today, if you match with five of those, we've now um, saved you the time of, of, of going to all the others and being able to get hold of that funding. So mm. obviously we do track, um, you know, who matches because we work with the lenders, but it's more, and more importantly, how many small businesses are looking for funding. So mm. in the year 2017, um, we had, uh, we had over 25,000 people that came, but we got the data down to about 11,000 that were like really clean, good data. And they were looking for 40.9 billion rands worth of finance. That's small businesses. That more than half of them were looking for less than 250k. So when you consider how many businesses out there there are who don't even know who the funders are, um, that's the problem we need to solve first. Then we need to solve their credit record. Then we need to solve, well, they don't have financial statements or management accounts. Because ultimately, you can't sell yourself to a funder. Funders aren't interested in how passionate you are. They're interested in, 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 in looking at the business. Mm, so mm. while it's interesting to say how many were funded, it's, it's, it's more important to say how many businesses who need funding can we get into a position who can be funded. So I think so from your not necessarily expert knowledge, but from your experience engaging with DFIs and all that, do you find that they are willing to... Um, to loosen up on some of the red tape because I think I attended one workshop about a week ago, I think two of them about a week or two weeks ago and one of the biggest challenges was um, the challenge between the DFIs and government wanting to work together to develop entrepreneurs, one of the biggest challenges were the red tape, they were not willing to loosen up on the red tape and these guys were playing a role in terms of saying here guys we've taken through six months of development and whatever, why can't you just give them a chance, so from your from your from 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 your um, experience, do you feel like they are willing to loosen up on the red tape, or is it just uh, the uh, blue collar business as usual? Look, I believe there's a real um, desire on the part of the funder, whether it's government DFI or a private sector fund, to be able to get you know to 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 get the money out because they actually have KPIs that they have to meet about how much deal flow that they do. So. One of the big things I think is more funders, DFIs, government included, should be helping the small business to fill out the application and actually get their pack, you know, their deal package together. Because, you know, small business don't have knowledge about funding. So, 
you know, if a DFR is asking you for certain criteria, they should they should handhold you through the process of, you know, these are the documents you need. Get them up into a Dropbox. Let's have a look at them. Instead of just saying we looked at your application, you know, um, it's got holes in it. So I think there is room for for handholding, and I don't know that that's so much the part of the funders as it should be the part of the seeders and the, you know, the incubators, the accelerators, the business development service providers. And one of the ways I, I was able to raise funding when I was struggling um, in years past and I didn't have money to pay an accountant or a business advisor is I went to them and said, look, I want to go and raise funding. These are the people I believe would, would uh, qualify for and I've showed them. I said, why don't you help me get my books up to date, package me, and then when I get the money, I'll give you a big commission. So instead of paying up front for them to do my accounting, mm. I actually paid them afterwards. Mm. You know, like fundraising that big big corporates do. So there are models to be able to either subsidize or, or do – but, yeah, there is red tape. But I think entrepreneurs need to take a lot more responsibility than we are for what we're not doing to come to the party. You know, you can't not do any of your record keeping – and, and, and have your slips all over the show and then, and then come to a funder and expect them to fund you because while you are making money, they need the evidence of that and that's all lying in your record keeping, your accounting, your bookkeeping, etc. So yeah, I think there's a, it's a, it's, let's meet halfway. Mm. Mm. So how are you handling your money? Do you know your credit score? Yes, I know my credit score. <laughs> I haven't checked my credit score in a year. How important, how, please guess in the brew. Yes. Introduce yes, yourselves yes. and tell us who you are <laughs> and what you do. I'm excited about today's conversation <laughs> because I feel like I fell off uh, three months ago of my financial bandwagon. I don't know what's happening with my personal money. Yeah, no, you get uh, to learn. Yeah. yeah. Hello, guests. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about being called a guest. I'm just like, sitting here thinking, okay, so where are the guests? <laughs> where are these guests that you guys are talking about? Uh, my name is Nicolette, um, Nicolette Machile. I am founder of Financial Fitness Bunnies, which is a financial education promoting or promotion and advocating business. So basically what we do is we make sure that you know your credit score, Bulelani. <laughs> Not only know your credit score, but also understand what your credit score can actually do for you, what it can't do for you, but most also importantly, how to not get exploited because of your credit card. Most people, uh, credit score. Most people walk into a bank, they don't know what their credit score is. Mm. The loan consultant, credit card consultant, whoever is going to be giving you credit says to you, oh my goodness, it is actually looking so bad. So you know what? The only interest rate we can give you is 13%. If you don't know what your credit score is, you are definitely going to believe that person. Why? Because they're in a position of hierarchy. They seem like they know what they're talking about. So therefore, you are most likely going to believe them. You end up sitting with 13% on an interest rate of any whatever type of credit. You've got no room to negotiate. So basically, that's what we do. I also co-host a youth talk show on SABC One, Daily Teta. And um, yeah, man. I do a little bit of media buying here and there. That's that's who I am. Hmm. David, hi. Hi there. How are you? Very well in yourself, thank you. Please tell I'm very good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Please tell our listeners a bit about who you are, what you do. Cool. I'm David Hansen from Synergy. I focus on entrepreneurial speaking, personal development and the psychology of entrepreneurship. I host entrepreneurial events once a month, and the objective of these entrepreneurial events is to showcase real entrepreneurship in terms of failures and the challenges that entrepreneurs have, but they don't speak about because it's a big embarrassment to fail. And uh, we host this with Corporate South Africa. I host them once a month up in the West Rand. We've been doing this now, I think, between a year and a half to two years. And I'm really passionate about 
using my experience in entrepreneurship as a failed entrepreneur who's failed forward um, on the psychology of entrepreneurship. And I'm big on about the, the inside game, the mental, the emotional space of how to align yourself and, and work from within, especially within a challenging economy like South Africa. We find that we're seeking a lot of external help and favors from everybody else who are totally messed up. We're all messed up. So my big thing is how to find yourself from an internal space use that and allow people to align to you rather than you align to people so yes i'm very much big on the workshops on the sales training marketing and the coaching from the entrepreneurial side sure so so bulelani um i'm, I'm just going to jump into today's topic yeah. and um engage with everybody that's in our studio today um the south african savings institute sasi they they every year at this time, they launched the Savings Month, with this, which is July. So for this year, uh, their theme is called Employer Assisted Savings. So I am going to ask you guys a question on how do you assist your, um, as an employer, how do you save? Um, or in, as, a, as an entrepreneur, how do you save? So I read an interesting article on Fin24 where our governor... Lisa Kanyaho shared three of his top saving habits, you know, that he feels that we should, we should, we, we should actually do. And the first one was settle your debt, um, pay school fees and, well, pay school fees in advance and budget, budget, budget. And when he's, he spoke about a budget, he also included that, you know, people should budget for black tax as well. So I want to know from you guys, um, because we, we actually had a bit of a discussion around that, that, you know what, in, in today's day and age, we have petrol hikes, um, we have VAT increases, and it's very difficult for people to settle their debts. It's very difficult for people to pay school fees in advance. I believe if we were all able to do so, we could. And even budgeting, you know, paying for black tax is, 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 is important, but it's also something that has become a challenge to a lot of people. And for entrepreneurs, when you get funding, for example, your funding, you're looking at your business and your business needs. You don't necessarily look at saving for the future or saving for for my retirement as an entrepreneur. So firstly, Darlene, I want to ask you, and then I'll come to you, Nicolette. Um, Darlene, I want to ask you, what, what tips would you give entrepreneurs when it comes to saving for their retirement and when it also comes to saving for when they do get that funding? How do they, do, do, do they tackle this funding in terms of funding for the business needs, but also taking some of the money and save it for the future of the business? Okay, so a couple of questions there. I think just the second mm. part is you've really got to see yourself, your business and yourself as two separate legal entities. Um, and I think that's what a lot of especially uh, startups don't do. Ultimately, your business money is not your money and your money is not your business money. And if you give your money to the business, you've actually loaned it to them and they owe it back to you and vice versa. So that's the first thing. So to say when you get, lo when you get a business loan, then take some and keep it, um, uh, for, for retirement. Those are, the, that, that essentially is, 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 um, not really the way to look at it. You, your business needs to pay you a salary. Or dividends. So if you own the business and then you make a profit, then between you as shareholders, you decide you'll take a dividend. But if um, your salary becomes yours, so whether someone's employing you or you employing yourself, that's your salary. And based on what you earn, you've now got to work with that to say, right, how much do you have to use as expenses and how much want you save? Now, unfortunately, I'm a very bad example of, of someone uh, that you must ask about. Because I always say to my kids and when I speak to youth, you know, um, 
uh, I came, I'm, I'm a big risk taker. I'm a gambler by nature. I mean, I've, the reason I've liquidated so many times is because I believe, you know, you must put big money on the outside and let's see if we're going to win instead of putting a few rand on the favorite and you don't get a lot of money. So my sort of uh, retirement plan is, you know, um, the businesses that I start, I've raised about 40 million in venture capital. People looking at, at my ideas and saying, well, I think this is a good idea. And uh, that means that I'm going to make a lot of money when they succeed. So I'm, I'm turning 50 this year. Nicolette will die to know that I don't have one. I don't have any RA. I have no pension. But you know what I have? I have well, a solid belief that I'm going to knock it out the park, make a make a whack of money. And uh, and 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 you know, at the moment, I support you know my whole extended family, etc., out of what I'm doing in business. So, like I say, I'm not a good example, but I want to be honest. That's who I am. But my advice to, to youth is that, uh, you know, saving's an amazing thing. Um, I mean, I'm a believer. The Bible says little by little you grow into a big thing. And I think taking a little bit every month that you don't see and putting it away, next thing you look and it's this massive thing. And uh, so I've spent, I think I, I was born and the doctor handed me the invoice. I've been in debt sort of since <laughs> I was like when I was in the womb. And my whole life's been like that. So I've had to learn how to manage debt. But at the moment, I'm in a great situation with owning a fantastic business that we've just uh you know, our, our valuation's just gone up three times and, and we're in a great situation. But that, I took a risk on my retirement and that's what it is. But I don't think it's something that the, the average person who's not by nature, high potential, high value kind of, um, fintech business should do. It's very dangerous. Wow. You know, Bulilani, um, my daughter's three, as you know, and, um, she, she, she has this piggy bank, this, uh, what do you call it? Piggy, piggy bank. Piggy yeah. bank, yes. And she calls it Peppa Pig, the cartoon character. And I've taught her, I think Nicolette, you'll be proud of me. I've taught her every coin that she gets, she has to put it in Peppa Pig. You know, so now mm. she, she's getting used to, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, Delin, because I think I'm doing a, a good job, you Very know, good. because <laughs> I won't be that high risk mom, because she's getting used to, you know, saving at such a young age. What's, what's the importance of saving from a young age, Nicolette? Oh, I, I just want to say something mm. to Darlene. Um, you've actually, you do have a retirement plan. Entrepreneurship is a retirement plan. And I think because we live in a country where we've been given this information that having an RA, having a pension fund, having these, they usually are are fringe benefits that you get as an employee. We've been told that that's part of your retirement. But ultimately, any type of wealth creation, which entrepreneurship plays a very big role in, is retirement, uh, retirement planning. Um, It is a bit risky because, as she (laughs) says, she's liquidated three companies. So if 60 comes, 70 comes, and she has to liquidate again, she might not get a chance to do that. Then I might another find, business, uh, but you find know a rich somebody. You Come know, on, so like <laughs> like another plan. Ten, fifteen years yeah. time, I'm getting a bit you close. I say like, no, hang on, now. Uh, plan B, plan B. You know, um, Tejo, you know, I was, I was when, while you was talking about your little daughter, I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking that's actually a great start. But what you need to get to is where your daughter understands why. Mm. And I think the why is the most important thing, mm. and we get a lot of adults in this country that. Now, because they can open their mouths and they can ask because it's their money, mm. they always ask me, why do we need to save? And I think that's the fundamental problem that we have in the country. We don't have a saving problem in South Africa. Mm. We have a financial literacy problem, which means that people in this country do not understand why they need to do certain things. Mm. So I cannot come to Bulelani and say, Bulelani, you need to start saving because the first thing is going to ask me, if he's brave enough, or himself, mm. is mm. why? 
Why do I need to save? And that's what people do not understand. So it's very important that we start connecting the dots for people to understand why the saving is important. What does saving actually start to do for me? Because saving ultimately is not the end goal. The end goal that we want is for you to create wealth. The end goal is for you to create passive income. How do you do that? You can only do that through investing. Now, for you to become a successful investor, you have to have some sort of saving habit in your life because you need to be able to understand why I need to put away certain amounts of money for future use. And I think that's the biggest problem that we have in this country is that a lot of people, even when they're adults, even when they've got the disposable income, there are people that I work with that have 6,000 rand disposable income every single month. But by the 20, 25th, 27th, 28th, when I look at their bank statement, that's when they, it's almost like a, they have to rush to spend this money because mm. the next oh. paycheck is coming in, you know? So they, <laughs> they actually really don't understand why they have to save. And until we can get that right, and I always, I've got a huge fight with the saving institute. I fight with them every single year and I fight with the financial institutions because they come out with these amazing campaigns about why you must save, why you must save, but they never really speak to people and get the gist of why it's important for somebody to save. Your mother, most of us in this room, grew up with a mother who was saving every single cent. Mm. Somebody always says, I, I actually don't remember who I got the story from. Our mothers, they would save 20 rand somewhere in their bra. Yeah. Mm. When the visitors under come, the bed. Mm. under the bed somewhere, when the visitors come, the visitors will always get a bottle of Coca-Cola. Mm. They will send you to go and buy a bottle of Coca-Cola. Why? Because there's a tangible experience that she's attached to that 20 rand. She knows at some point somebody's going to come and visit and there's no way she's going to embarrass the family and not have Coca-Cola. Mm. That is for me a practical example of explaining to people in a tangible manner as to why they need to save. Because let me tell you what happened to me three weeks ago. I come back home at 3 a.m. We will not talk about where I was coming from. Come back at 3 a.m. I try to close the garage door in my house. It jams. It's broken. Now, the garage door, unfortunately for me, I didn't fix the door inside that links the garage door to the actual house, which means that door doesn't lock. Now I've got the garage door open. The door inside also open. I can't sleep. Why? Because I didn't fix the door inside because I didn't have money to fix it. But the one, the garage door, girl, I was in luck. Why? Because I had an emergency account. So when that thing broke, I could call out somebody in the middle of the night to come and fix it because there was somewhere where I could tap into for resources. So it's very important that we get people to start understanding the the nature of how the, the beast will play out. That's why a lot of people are in trouble financially or in debt because it's a small thing. I always say if you actually just track back to how you got yourself into debt, you most people usually start off with small they start off by maybe perhaps something happens in their life, an aunt passes away or something. Then they tap into a resource that they actually do not have. Because the other thing we've also been taught to believe in this country is that because there is credit, and usually credit in this country is very easy to get, we've taken away the magic of saving. Mm-hmm. So why must I save if I can just go and use my credit cards? Why must I? Why, why should I wait six months and save up that money? I had an entrepreneur last week send me a message asking me for a certain amount of money. And then in her repayment plan, here's the funny part of this whole thing. In her repayment plan, she says, if this business does not work (coughs) out, I will be able to pay you 2.5 every single month. Starting in, uh, she sent me this, I think around about uh, early, what what month are we in now? July. July. So just end of June. She said, I will be able to start in the end, end of July and I'll be able to pay you 2.5. Do you know what my first response was to her? 
why don't you just save mm. your mm. own 2.5 mm. so that you can get because the money she needed was not a lot but it's because we've taken away the magic of saving from people because we've given them credits we've said here's instant gratification but also at the same time because they don't have the knowledge and understanding of interest rates people think that going the credit route is the easiest route so saving for me is not just about saving it's about teaching our young ones especially from your young age your daughter she now needs to understand so one day do break mr piggy open for her and show her the amount of money that she saved up maybe you can make it in like trenches of 6 months give her the money and say please go blow it mm. please go spend it so she can understand what is at the end goal of mm. her spending of her saving mm. of her saving if i can just add about yeah. the kid my daughter's seven years old, and we've taught her to save. And the way we taught her to save is a lack of our um, mistakes that we made when we, when I was growing up, when I was in corporate, because I just thought there was an endless supply of cash. <laughs> so she's sitting close on 2,000 rand because she gets involved in the business. She helps us pack the bags for the events. She does things. It's a culture. It's a mindset when you have to get your kids to save. Mm-hmm. I've learned this late in my life that you don't have to impress to let people know that you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with us black people. Ooh, black people, yes. If you, I mean, I drive a van. <laughs> and the reason why I drive a van is because of the, practic- the practicality of me doing events. Now, you can't rock up, rock up with a van to, to a black guy who wants to give you a tender for 20 bar. Because clearly you're not doing well. So you need to start aligning yourself mm. and start the mindset that the car doesn't define me. Mm. And that's our biggest problem that we have as black South Africans, if I can call that, because we need to impress the man that we get in the opportunity from mm. because we need to let him know that we are doing well. And coming to the next point about payday, we've been taught to spend on payday. My wife and I sit at home on the weekend of payday mm. because we have these subliminal marketing messages that we have to spend over payday. No, that's a poverty mindset when you have to spend on pay weekend. Um, so hold back. You don't have to spend. By the time the next week comes, you're broke. So learn to start associating with people that save. You don't have to dress smart to let people know you're doing well. The greatest way to let people know you're doing well is to add value to their lives. Mm. Thank you. So, so how how then does the normal average thinker work around Aban <laughs> Bazotin? Hey, you know, you know, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What are people? How 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 do they, Nicolette? How do they, Dave? Guys, you know what? And I, and I think we have to be very realistic. And I and I hear what Dave is saying. And I think it's it's something that we really definitely need to teach people. But at the same time, we also need to be very understanding of how we got there, mm. right? And I think that's for me is one thing that we 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 often talk about, but nobody really ever says, okay, guys. We have a serious problem. Because that's at the end of the day, most of the things that you do, as we've already said, mm. is to impress other people. Mm. So I found, I, I found out the other day in a very nice way that I've age, you see age, age is a beautiful thing. <laughs> age teaches you to get over things very quickly. Mm. So I used to typically be the person that in a room, I did not want other people to feel like I was inadequate. So, and I used to use my financial standing to prove not that I am adequate. I can probably stand up in the room and I could measure up to everybody else that's in the room. 
So I think, you know, Bulelani, it's it's a very difficult thing because it depends on every single person's relationship with money. Mm -hmm. And your relationship with money, unfortunately for most of us, and I don't think it's just a black issue, I think it's most people, Mm -hmm. is that it's adopted. And it's adopted from what your parents have taught you. And Mm -hmm. and the reason why I say this is, let me give you an example. And I always tell the story is, you've got a kid, your child at home. Your child says, mommy, can I please get the latest iPhone? You then say to your child... Um, we don't have money, right? So the moment your answer is we don't have money, you've already ruined it for that child because they then grow up to be an adult that believes when we have money, we can get whatever it is that we want. Mm. So this idea of saying to your children, we don't have money, for me, it's where we actually start and we misconstrue the entire relationship of a child with money, their relationship with money, right? So now, the first thing you're going to do, the moment you get money, payday. Mm. When you get money, I am going to get everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. Instead of when you were a child, you should have been taught what is a luxury and what is a need. Mm. And that will start to create a different relationship for you with money. So, Abantubazotini really does go hand in hand with the type of relationship you have with money. Mm. What does money mean to you? There are people who money defines their entire being. Them being human being mm. is defined by money. And it is very difficult for you, despite the information that you can push out in the world for them, it is a psychological issue that they need to deal with and they need to understand. Because and a lot of our men are like that, mm. right? A man, you'll meet him, and then he says to you, can, my sister, can I speak to you? And then you say no. And then he'll be, he gets so confused <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> no, it's fine. I can buy your drink. I didn't yeah. ask you for your drink. I don't want to speak to, they don't understand that you don't want to speak to them. But, but the way they look, the way they represent them on their table, there's champagne, there's mm, bottles, there's everything. Bottles. Why do you not want to speak to them? Because their whole being has been determined by money. So it really is an identity crisis that we do have. And unfortunately, it was created because of the relationship that we have with money. Mm. But it does not mean that it's impossible for you to turn it around. But the Onus rests with you. I, as Nicolette, can come and tell you as many times how you don't have to impress people, how you don't have to do this, how you don't have to do that. But up until the day you decide to wake up and realize that money, money cannot define you. Money can never ever define you. Money can only give you access and can amplify who you already are. So for me, it's really important that people get to the guys every single day before you fall asleep, before you fall asleep. Ask yourself, what are some of the things in the world that make you the happiest and make you who you are that are outside of money? When you start being able to put that list together, you will start to realize that your life without money isn't the same when you've got money. And I think people don't realize that because we as human beings, we gave money value. We, we mm. created the whole money system and the whole banking it's system man-created. came from, mm. exactly, it's mm. man-made. Mm. It came from us. You know, we used to barter. In the past, with no money. People Mm. would just come and give you value, you would give me value back. Then we said, okay, no, this system doesn't really work because what? We wanted to create inequality in the country Mm. or in the world. So we then created these bank notes, which were actually just, uh, they were really, were just notes Notes, between me and you, Mm. right? But we gave them so much value and we gave them so much money. But unfortunately for us, especially coming from a a history of South Africa and having the haves and the have-nots, you know, the Kumalos and the Fandermervas, you have to also understand that that relationship is an adopted relationship, but... It does not mean you... And, and I always say to people, people are like, yeah, but why must you buy the Mercedes-Benz? Listen, I didn't... My father always spoke about driving a Mercedes-Benz when I was growing up. We used to watch 
the Kumalos or the Van der Merwes drive past with their Mercedes-Benz. I now can earn a Mercedes-Benz. You cannot, it's not as easy as just walking and saying to me, Nicola, don't buy a Mercedes-Benz because it's not worth it. Ha, I want to try. Let me try first and then we can talk afterwards. I think, I think to add to that briefly yes. is it's all a psychological game. Yeah. And coming from a, a background where things weren't provided, that when I came into money working in corporate, I had to show off to let people know that I was doing well. Mm. So it's a relationship you have with money. Mm. And if you're always going to feel that you need money to let people know how powerful you are, you have a very big problem coming because you're going to have suckers who are going to suck you for that money. Mm. And when the money is not there, you're going to see your true friends in dark times. Mm -hmm. So you need to build the confidence and the value and your authenticity from the inside It's an inside game I always say Pull your power From the inside out mm-hmm. And you'll find That you'll have Very few friends When you stop spending Because all they want you To do is spend mm. And you're going to have To learn how to Value yourself Once you've learned How to value yourself Very few things Will Start admiring You have to buy this And mm. I have to buy that No Because you know Who you are From the inside out And that's what we have a, as, as a big problem in South Africa Because we always have to try and impress Because we are lacking The internal game of developing Those insecurities mm. about money mm. About relationship mm. About who we are mm. So until you really dance with the devil And have a relationship with fear mm-hmm. And the fear of no money And when the money is gone It truly defines who you are Because Mm. it's going to take that financial loss For you to reinvent yourself To come back and say You know what? Cool I can can wear a pair of jeans worth 300 rand Because that does not define me It's Mm. fine Because Mm. I want to leave a legacy with you That Mm. I can plant a seed of transformation in your life That you will remember me for the rest of your life Not how much I spent on you And that's the biggest thing That we have to understand Is how to Engage in the inner game of the psychology of money, mm. relationships, and who we are and how we value ourselves. And also to educate ourselves that it's, you know, to learn how to spend with what we have. Absolutely. Because yeah. sometimes I feel like we, we, we want to buy those, that Louis Vuitton bag, but yeah. you don't have it. You know, you don't yeah. have the money. So it's about either saving. I'm, I'm, I'm one person. I don't, I mean, if I want something, I want it now. Yeah. But then I also feel like, you know what, if I can't, if I can get it cheaper somewhere else, then it's fine because it's always better to buy cash. But not everybody thinks that way. Absolutely. Not everybody. Everybody, like my sister, um, who buys clothes every single month, you know, whether it's on credit, whether it's cash, it doesn't matter, you know. So not everybody thinks that, you know, um, you have to buy with what you have. Yeah. And only buy with what you have. And if you don't have it, just yeah. save it, you know, or wait. Have yeah. you heard this saying? And this is a very old saying. Every time you see me, it's money, money, money. Do you think money grows on trees? Do you think I'm Hoppenheimer? I was instilled with those beliefs when I was a kid. So, of course, when you get to a certain point in your life when you need the emotional intelligence and the psychology of money to work with you, it does not because our parents block those energies of money. So, you'll find that a parent will always say to a kid, you just want money, money, money. Every time you see me, I'm a walking money bank. <laughs> what you're actually doing is instilling and you're blocking those emotions from that kid to develop them in the emotional psychology of money. So when they get to a certain point in their life, you find that they have this financial block or they repeat the cycle mm. of what their parents and their grandparents went through because words can kill 
a person, especially when we are messed up emotionally as mm-hmm. human beings. So you've mm-hmm. got to be very conscious about what you're saying to your mm-hmm. kid when your kid says, please buy me that hockey stick. Cool. I will buy it for you, but we need to save for it. Not to say to them, I don't have the money now. Yeah. Because you instill in a belief that you know it's not going to serve that kid mm. later in their life. Mm. Mr. Maluleke, hello. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you, sir. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Please just greet our listeners quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about saving. So please also give us your opinion about saving. Okay. From the entrepreneurship side or perspective, uh, uh, the tip that I would like to give to the what I've prepared today is... Uh, most entrepreneurs, they do a mistake of spending money that they haven't saved for and spending money that they didn't budget for or money that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Now, once an entrepreneur gets a contract for an example of 20000 in their business account, they think they already made it. Their <laughs> business card, now the <laughs> bank card, they no longer stays at, at home. They travel with them wherever they go, which is a very, very, very stupid mistake to say. I'm sorry, mind my language. It's a stupid <laughs> mistake to make for entrepreneurs to do that. Second thing that they do or something that we need to understand is the difference between a growth entrepreneur and a lifestyle entrepreneur. Growth entrepreneur is someone who makes money, develop the sense of investment, develop the, the sense of reinvesting in business and the sense of saving money. But the lifestyle entrepreneur is the one who makes money to, to show off, to boost, to break. Hence, we have, we have said buying those Louis Vuitton bag, buying those shoes, cars. Yes, we're not saying people mustn't buy cars, mustn't spend their money or we're not trying to dictate to them or to spend their money. But the sense of investment should be there as an entrepreneur. When you go into business, the first thing that you should do is to look at saving plans, investments plans that we have in South Africa. You understand? Align and teach yourself about those investments, where you can put money. And when you say put money, we don't mean put 100,000 in, 20 rand, 100 rand, 250. You understand? That money that you put in today will save you or will work for you during those uh, rain, rain Days, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are those um, investment opportunities for entrepreneurs? Like saving and investment opportunities. No, okay. I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna mention names <laughs> of businesses here. But what I, what I can say is there are a lot. But as an entrepreneur, when you go into business, you do a market research. You know, the first thing that you need to do is to do an investment research. Understand what investment you have there as an entrepreneur, where you're going to make money. For a practical example, if you're invoicing a client, a client pays you 2,500, take that 2,000, put it in your business account, take that 500 and put it in an invest, investment uh, 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 account. That's how you can save money. That's how you can prepare for a better future. Mm. Yes. If I can just add to that, um, I fell in debt because I failed in business. And I learned that you cannot save until you've paid your debt off. Mm -hmm. Most people tell you, save, save, save. Mm. For me, it actually doesn't make sense when you've got this debt Mm. and now you need to save. So you've got the savings, but you've got a high interest. So what you're (laughs) earning on your savings is less than what your interest is on that debt. Pay the bloody debt off. Get that stuff out the way and then start saving because the psychology of knowing that you've paid the debt off allows you to feel better, mm. which allows you to attract more blessings and abundance and opportunities in your life. Mm. That's what I've learned as an entrepreneur. So get that debt paid up. Start feeling lighter about it from in, from inside and you'll start seeing more opportunities aligned to yourself because you can then start saving. That's just my personal experience. Mm. Darlene? Yeah, it's just Nicolette. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've been loving your insights. So one thing I, that you said that I loved, you said that money will, money basically will amplify who you are. It doesn't make who you are. And you know mm-hmm. where I see that. And I don't know so much in a, in a kind of a um, 
I don't know how can I say it, black culture where you guys are much more kind of Ubuntu as I said, like you, you, you believe in giving to each other and helping each other. I find in a lot of the sort of environments that I'm in, everyone's kind of there for themselves. We haven't, uh, a bit more closed off or isolated environment. And I hear a lot of, um, my mates will say, yo, one day when I'm rich, I'm going to help the poor. And I say to them, I, I say to them, you know what? If you not, if you got, one slice of bread and you're not giving half to someone who's got less or you got one loaf of bread and you're not giving half or you got one bread factory. If you right now are not helping somebody who's less fortunate than you with the little, so if you've got a small amount, you're giving something mm. is what you're saying. Who you are right now, well, money, like money's not going to make who you are. Who you are is who you are. And then money will, will amplify that. Fine. So. Getting money is now not going to make you somebody who's going to feel bad for the poor or sorry for the poor. If you're not right now, every one of us sitting in this room, we know someone who's who's less fortunate or you see somebody who's in a difficult or someone who's just had a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And if in your heart, even if you've got debt, even if you haven't saved, mm-hmm. if you're not taking something you've got to try and show that person that yeah. you can help them get warm or give them mm-hmm. food, Brilliant. nothing in you is going to now all of a sudden you make a million rand. Now all of a sudden you're going to find this new character mm-hmm. that you're going to become because money makes you this new person. No, if you weren't that kind, giving, generous, good person, mm-hmm. With the, whatever you've had at the time, money's not going to make you that person. It will only amplify the right. fact that so, you're selfish, yeah. you live for yourself, etc. Can I just add to that? I get goosebumps when you were saying that because I strongly believe that money makes you already what you are. You're a, I wanted to say something swearing, but <laughs> if you're a, this is Cliff Central. It's Cliff yeah. Central. Oh yes, of course. If you're an asshole, <laughs> it makes you more of an asshole, asshole, right? Absolutely. Yeah. If you a kind philanthropist who really wants to give back and add value to humanity. When you come into money, and I do believe that every person will have the opportunity to come to, to some cash in their life, mm. you will use that for the greater good. Because when you were down and you didn't have money, if you could still make a difference in people's lives when you had mm. no money, mm. and money comes, believe you me, you will flourish. Absolutely. A wow. bit of sense of humor. My, my folks always said that, uh, they taught me that uh, money talks. It always says goodbye. And I think that's what we need to learn. That we mustn't Absolutely. teach our kids that money money talks, it says goodbye. That is so true. So I, 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 we, we are about to close off. So I want you guys to just think of um, what saving tips that you guys would like to give to our entrepreneurs. Just think about it in the next 30 seconds. So if you want to know more about your customers and speak to them when it matters, you need TouchBase Pro. Here at Cliff Central, we experience this firsthand as we use them for our daily newsletter, which is the only place to get the popular weekly conundrum every Friday. Turn indifferent customers into customers who can't wait to engage with your brand by collecting meaningful insights and valuable info on what interests them so you can target individuals and create new strategies. TouchBase Pro can also help with setting up effective email campaigns to maximize sales and mend the love lost between sales and marketing. And at the end of each month, you will have meaningful reports to show your team, taking the guesswork out of the email marketing stats. Get to emailwins.co.za now for a chance to receive a mini strategic assessment, plus an email campaign to 25,000 customers. With the TouchBase Pro account manager, you will send emails your customers can't ignore. Go to emailwins.co.za. If you change nothing, nothing changes. We are at the end of our show and I completely love this topic because it's something that we can go on and on and on and on and talk about. I actually feel like um, we do need a, a 
to talk about financial literacy more. Mm. Um, I don't know which platforms, but I feel that there is a need to talk about financial literacy. So for 30 seconds, I'm going to close off, but I want you to give our listeners your contact details, how they can reach you, but also um, advice on how they can save. So um, the advice from an entrepreneur who uh, doesn't save well is that uh, mm. someone else might think differently is put it like put it into something that you can't get it out of easily. You know, if I, you know, if I save money in something I can go and draw tomorrow, I just don't have the discipline. I just got, you know, I just haven't built. So to me, if you're going to save, put it into a 30 day call or something where you actually then you get got to take 30 days, 32 days to think, should you take it out? So I'd say, you know, put it on, put it away where you can't get it. My contact details, it's uh, our website is www.finfindeasy.co.za, finfindeasy.co.za. And the access to finance report you spoke about yesterday that was launched, very easy, access to finance report.co.za. Give you everything about what's happening with uh, small business um, lending in this country. And thanks for having me on. It's been great. Okay. Uh, the first thing, uh, one thing that they must do, uh, uh, must not fall into the trap or the, the, the peer pressure of you are in business and you make money. There's that peer pressure that we are in business, you're making money, my friend. Let's, let's go out. Let's go spend. Let's go, you know, vacation and stuff like, like that. That's a peer pressure that most entrepreneurs are, are suffering out, out there. They're pressure, right? They're pressured to spending their money, their business profit instead of them investing. So be careful of such friends who are there to, to, Suck you out to suck you dry, suck off your business profit. Make money, save, and in, invest. Uh, my contact number is 076-447-2008. 076-447-2008. Facebook, Mr. Malegase. Twitter, Mr. Malegase. Uh, LinkedIn, Mr. Malegase. Thank you. Thank you. My advice to entrepreneurs is to keep it simple, keep it humble. You don't have to impress with the cars, with the clothing, because the more you impress with the clothing, the more you're just a broke-ass nigger, in my opinion. Um, so you don't find wealthy people dressing well. You don't find super rich people uh, have, trying to impress with their cars. Mm. So keep it simple, keep it tidy, lay under the radar, because the more you're known the more the pressure on you. Mm. So if you want to get in contact with me, you can get me at Synergy, which is www.synergy, which is S-E-N-N-E-R-G-I.co.za. I have a Facebook page, which is inspired by David Hounson, Hounson, which is H-O-U-N-S-O-N. Uh, touch base with me and let's see how I can transform your life from a different psychological aspect. Thank you. Right, so our Facebook page is Financial Literacy with Nicolette Mashile. You can find some of my videos on www.nicolettem.com. Um, so I, I, I stay away from advice. Uh, don't give advice <laughs> <laughs> purely because I need advice, a lot of it. My thing will always be you need to get financially literate. Mm. That is the best way you can save yourself Because it does not matter how much money We can throw at you It does not matter how much money investors can give you If you do not have the financial literacy It will just be a nice vacation with money And then it's going to end So it's very important that we get ourselves As financially literate as possible Understand the numbers If you don't understand the numbers You, you don't own a business And let's not. I think the other thing that we do very wrong in this country Is that we think entrepreneurship Entrepreneurs This word that starts with we think it's like a magical word No, you're still human You're still a human being Therefore your personal finances must be in order Because they will look at them Your financial literacy must be in order There's a saying that goes If you learn more, you will earn more Power session Power, mm. power, power Well, I, I, I will actually say um, I'm going to 
<laughs> you know, David, you reminded me there's a saying that, that goes, um, richest shout, wealth whispers. Absolutely. And I absolutely love that. Bulelani, let's say goodbye. Get we things done. done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, check out for our podcast later on today. This is Cliff Central. See you next week. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.